0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said, But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great in heaven, and you will be children of the Most High. For God is kind to the ungrateful." and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Congregation, you may be seated. So do you want to hear two really crazy stories? All right. First, I should ask, how many of you were here when the sanctuary was turned from facing this way to facing this way? All right. Some of you, many of you. How many of you have ever been a part of a remodel either at your home or at a place of work where things were just like being turned around, shifted, all kinds of things. All right. How many of you are architects? <laughs> all right. Well, I remember a very long time ago, in my much, much younger years, uh, the home church that I was a part of in Tomahawk had... Um, was kind of at that point where they needed to expand their sanctuary a little bit. We had this long, very nice, like kind of homey, cozy sanctuary, not quite this wide, just two pews, two rows of pews, narrow, and then right at the back was a little narthex area, and then it expanded into our fellowship hall area, right? And um, we needed to expand the sanctuary. Now, the, there was some land. There was a house that was immediately on the other side of the fellowship hall that had been owned by a church member. gave his his house to the church when he passed away, and so there was that potential property that, like where the house could be knocked down, right? And so the church, I'm not even sure what they were thinking, but the church invited members to, like, come up with some ideas for how to expand the church space. Now, I should also say that kind of over in this corner was the parsonage. That wasn't being used by any of the pastors. It was kind of just, um, like, used by youth groups, you know, meetings, stuff like that. So underutilized. So in my brilliant mind, I thought, well, we could just expand on the other side of that fellowship hall. We could open up. The fellowship hall could be, like, on that nice plot of land to the west, and then the sanctuary could be widened up and expanded, right? Well, little did I know that entire brick wall that ran the length of the building was, like, a kind of a foundational wall. What's that called? Um... (laughs) <laughs> a load-bearing wall, exactly. So even though I had this great plan that I had submitted, it was not really a realistic plan for f- expanding the sanctuary. All right, well, that gets me to the next thing that happened this week. Nancy is so good at being able to take cold calls, sales um, from people who walk into the office. So this guy comes in the office and says, I happen to be driving by from the Appleton area and noticed your parking lot. And I have a great idea how to like make your parking lot be so much better. We can do a new parking lot for you. It'll last forever. It'll like cut down on all of your expenses, blah, blah, blah. And so then he said, and now I should also say, Nancy's like doing the, like a great job being welcoming and inviting and just nodding her head, and John and I are sitting in the pastor's office, right? And so he's like trying to like, "Nancy, is there anyone I can talk to?" And John and I are just like, quiet as mice, <laughs> not even wanting to get into this conversation. And then he goes on to say, we just put concrete over your asphalt. At which point, I'm in the the office, and John's like, shh. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you put concrete over asphalt? How could that even be a good solution? If you're going to go to all of that work, why won't you tear up the asphalt and start fresh? Because all of the cracks are going to eventually, like, Make the concrete shift, wouldn't you think? And then, in looking at this picture, there's not even rebar in this concrete. And little do they know, there's a little spring on the, down by the, <laughs> the, the grass that they don't know about. So thankfully, Nancy was just like, oh, if you have anything to pass on, I can give it to our property person. So if you would like to get a good laugh, you can read more about putting concrete over asphalt. Now, all of that is to say... When it comes to building up the kingdom of God, Jesus knows what that should look like. When it comes to trying to expand a sanctuary, I have no idea how to do that. We need the professionals to do that. And even when it comes to replacing a parking lot, we're going to let the outdoor backyard team figure out what the best option is for that you and i though have been called to this work about how it is that we can continue what god has already started in jesus this this idea this image this place that is like yet to be when god will bring it into completion and fullness but that's already been started in jesus This kingdom of God that we hear about again and again through the scriptures, and yet it's always so mysterious and abstract. And we find ourselves trying to figure out what does it look like? What does it mean? How do we live it now? How do we become a part of it? How do we become workers in it? Even if we don't know anything about load bearing walls or cracks in the parking lot. So our Gospels today continues where Jesus left off last week. And in this sermon, it's the Sermon on the Plain in Luke's Gospel. So Jesus is kind of on this level place, level ground, not on the mountaintop that he is in Matthew's Gospel, where in Matthew he begins with all of these beautiful blessings, these beatitudes, blessed are And he talks about all of these situations in people's lives where they are experiencing difficulty or pain or challenge. And he says, even though you're in the midst of those things, trust that they're not going to go on forever. Trust that they won't be the end. You will be blessed, even though it doesn't feel like it now. But in Luke's gospel, as we heard from last week, there's four blessings. Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who are humiliated on having an association with Jesus. And then Jesus goes on to describe all of these woes. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you who laugh now. And then Jesus continues with these words. Love your enemies. If someone has taken something from you, give them your shirt as well. And we might think to ourselves, how can we even do any of those things? How can we even begin to be a part of what that kingdom looks like? And I don't think that Jesus says these words to us to try and shame us or make us feel bad or to say that it's impossible I think Jesus speaks these words to us this day because, one, I think he wants to speak a word of hope, and I think he wants to speak a word of challenge, too. All right, so first think about this. When have you heard hope in your life? What has that looked like? What has that sounded like for you? What was going on in your life? at that time maybe you too were in a really difficult place maybe you too were in a really challenging place you were on this level ground where you couldn't see any perspective of what would be ahead you couldn't see anything but what you were in and how difficult or painful that was you couldn't see that you'd ever get out of it And maybe someone came along and said, you know what, I know this is hard right now, but trust that you're not alone. Trust that you're going to get through this. Maybe it was a time in which you felt as if no one listened to you. You felt as if no one was taking you seriously. And someone came along and they stopped and they looked you in the eye and they said, tell me about what's been going on and they listened. And maybe that just gave you such incredible hope to know that you weren't alone, to know that you belonged, and you were important, and that your voice mattered. We hear hope in so many different ways in our life, and we have to hold on to that. We have to hold on to that possibility of what is to come, of what it is that keeps us moving forward, of what it is that God makes possible for us. And I think what Jesus does through this passage is he holds up this kingdom of God as this hope of what we can be a part of, of what it is that God is doing. It's a really high ideal. All right, now think about the times in your life in which you have been challenged. And what has that looked like? And what has that sounded like? In my own life, usually what happens is someone that knows me really well takes me by the hand, looks me in the eye, and they say something, they speak words of honesty that I need to hear and I need to see. And I do not want to. And so you know how I usually respond? You don't have to tell me what to do. What? You're crazy. I'm not listening to you. And it's the very thing that I need most. It's the very thing that I need to kind of get back on track, to be able to do sometimes the hard work of dealing with something that I need to face. Instead of thinking that I can just deny it or get around it or that it'll just, like, go away or get better on its own. And someone says, no, you got to face this. you got to walk through this. You have to do this hard work. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to do for us today, too. I think he's trying to give us these words, not as a way to shame us, but to challenge us about how we can live, how we can be a part of this kingdom of God. So now think about that. If you had the homework of creating the kingdom of God, how would you begin? With your draft paper, with your scratch paper, what would that look like? How would you describe it? Who would be a part of it? What would people be about? How would they live? How many of you are only children? Oh, okay, I was gonna say, tell me I'm not the only one. Well, let me tell you, as an only child, the world revolved around me. I didn't have to share. I got whatever I wanted when I wanted it. And so that would be a perfectly wonderful place to live in, wouldn't it? Can you imagine what the kingdom of God would look like? This is a terrible idea, people. This is why we need Jesus to help shape what the kingdom of God looks like. Because Jesus sees that fuller picture. He sees the blessing that comes when we're not just all by ourselves. When we're not just focused on our needs and our wants. But when we're able to see the people around us their needs, their wants, the blessings that they can give, the blessings that we can give in return to them as well. These words for us are incredibly challenging. (laughs) And then in the midst of it, there's that golden rule, right? We've heard it a thousand times. What is it? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And sometimes it can maybe be kind of simple with the people that we love, with the people that we get along with. And then at other times, it's a lot of work, right? Do unto others as you would want them to do to you. If you wanna be a part of this kingdom of God, then be in the kingdom now. Act kingdom-like in your living and in all that you do. When it comes to Jesus' words to us this day, it might seem as if he's trying to describe this new Olympic category, that of kingdom building. It's grandeur far beyond that of gold and silver and jewels, but something that is so incredibly more lasting, more meaningful, deeper than all of that built on relationship and community and connectedness. Blessings that run deep and last forever. And that is a hope that we all long for. And even if we don't always quite live up to the golden rule, getting bronze still gets you on the stand, people. Amen.